to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com discount time holiday season is upon us so treat yourself or a loved one to some pleasure check out my favorite pleasure tools by satisfier satisfier is offering lucky listeners 30 percent off any satisfier device when you go to satisfier.com and enter code s and s 30 at checkout One of my rituals is self-pleasure. Sometimes my intention in using my satisfier is just for pleasure and fun, kind of an escape from reality, and sometimes it's to help me feel better about my body. Sometimes it's an extra tool to use with a partner. The options are endless. Satisfier makes beautiful vibrators and air pulse stimulators with cutting-edge technology at pretty affordable prices, especially with that discount. Satisfier also has Bluetooth abilities, so you can connect your device and even share it with a partner. In these crazy times, distance often disconnects people, but Satisfier's app lets you control each other's pleasure, privately message, and see each other's responses in real time. You can connect with someone in another room or around the world. Right now, I'm really liking the dual pleasure device, but seriously, each new device that comes out is even better experience for me, so I hope that you get lots of them. Satisfier is offering lucky listeners, again, 30% off any Satisfier when you go to Satisfier.com and enter code SANDS30 at checkout. Again, if you're looking for one of my favorite new devices, go to satisfyer.com and use code SNS30 for 30% off. And remember, I'm not your doctor or your therapist, so always seek out medical advice from a trusted pro, but I do love our other sponsor and use them myself, EverlyWell. EverlyWell is a consumer-initiated at-home lab testing company that connects people with accessible, innovative, and insightful at-home lab results. For listeners of the show, EverlyWell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash SNS. EverlyWell offers over 30 plus at-home lab tests so you can get your results your body can count on to take action on your own health and wellness wherever you are. Choose from tests including food sensitivity, metabolism, sleep and stress, thyroid, STIs, and more. So as you probably know, I think part of being a slut and a scholar is being informed about my sexual health and wellness. For me, that means knowing my STI status so I can take care of myself and communicate clearly my safer sex practices to partners, as well as ask them about theirs. The STI test from EverlyWell discreetly allows you to test for seven types of STIs, all from the privacy of your own home. So whether you don't want to go to a doctor, don't have one, have accessibility needs, whatever, EverlyWell provides an accessible at-home STI, sexually transmitted infection, testing kit. Here's how it works. EverlyWell ships your test straight to your door with everything needed for a simple sample collection. Then you return the test to a CLIA-certified lab with a prepaid shipping label. Then your physician-reviewed results and insights are sent to your device in just days. So I got the box. First, I logged in online and answered a few short questions about myself. Then the screen gave me directions and even a video of how to do the tests. Uh, The videos are pretty easy to watch. They show you how to prick your finger and do a swab. Uh, I just did mine a few weeks ago. And for listeners of the show, again, EverlyWell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash S&S. That's everlywell.com slash SNS for 20% off your at-home lab test. Everlywell.com slash SNS. Now back to the episode. Thanks for tuning in. Sluts and Scholars is a sex-positive, shame-free educational podcast where we try to help you talk smart and fuck smarter. While we love to give advice and resources, please note that this podcast or any emails from us are not intended to be therapy or a replacement for therapy. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta Heidegger, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And this week, I am excited to welcome the Funny Dom. The Funny Dom is a kink content creator, sadistic daddy, and polyamorous owner. Spreading BDSM positivity from his home in Melbourne, Australia, the most locked down city in the world. Yes, how are you faring over there? We are we are struggling. Uh, we're at the last kind of few weeks. Uh, I think we're supposed to start opening up literally in about two weeks, and then in three or four we should be almost com- like completely vaxxed, like eighty or ninety percent. So we're just like being locked down until our state is at that level of vaccination. Uh. Um, but um, 
yeah, it's been a tough year, and thank goodness for um, kink. <laughs> um, and so if you haven't listened to the podcast before, go back and check out uh, another episode with a different daddy, ASMR daddy. Why are all these hot daddies from Australia? <laughs> And hey, Melbourne look. specifically, like, what are y'all doing over there? I don't know. I didn't even know about him until I actually heard him on your show. That's how I heard about him. And then I thought, oh, my goodness, he's in my city. And, and I reached out and now we're friends. Um, and he just joined me on a, on a Q&A on my page. And we're going we're gonna to meet and have coffee soon. Well, I do hope that things open up both because it sounds like it's been fucking miserable and taking a toll on everyone's mental health, but also so that everyone can uh, have access to the hot, hot daddies of Australia. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the real that's the real <laughs> that's cause the here. Real, yeah, like fuck the mental health parts or like people just really struggling or the economy stuff. It's like you cannot keep the world away from the hot daddies of Melbourne, Australia. That's Please right. let us in. <laughs> Okay, so because it is Halloween time, um, let's first just uh, get this out of the way because I heard you talk about um, uh, Morticia and Gomez from the Adams Family in a recent uh, podcast episode that you did. And pretty much every kinky person that I know loves this power couple. Uh, why do you think kinky people love Gomez and Morticia? I think, especially for a generation, like if that movie came out, say, what, 25? 30 years ago or something like that. So there's a generation that kind of grew up with those movies from the, like, 90s, I suppose they were. Mm -hmm. um, and being a kind of at a young age or adolescent kind of age, if you see those movies and you see a couple who I think for everyone, the way they were portrayed um, is incredibly loving. And I think it's very telling that that movie shows a family who are supposed to be outliers they're supposed to be weirdos and freaks and the most one of the freakish things about them is that the couple are incredibly intensely physically in love with each other mm -hmm. um, which i think is one of the best yeah they're people. hungry they're hungry for each other yeah Go gomez is literally obsessed with morticia um, and that is one of the brilliant satires that this married couple who have children uh like cannot keep away from each other mm. um so there's that which is just a goal I think for everybody, um, and shouldn't be shouldn't be ironic or satirical at all. It should just be everybody, but also they they clearly incredibly kinky. Like this scene that uh, one of my favourite scenes in the movie, where uh, Morticia is laying across a, like a chase lounge and and says to Gomez, like you know, last night you were unhinged. You know, you were you were like some some wild animal. You frightened me. Do it again. <laughs> and it's brilliant. And I remember being like, you know, nine or, or ten. And you were watching. like, that's hot. I literally was like, I want that. I don't know what that mm -hmm. is, but that's how I want to be one day. I have no idea how I could feel that at that age. You don't understand yeah. it, but you know it. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of people felt the same way. I mean, he, there's also scenes with, I think, with Morticia tied to a torture wheel and and then getting nostalgia about the last time they use bondage equipment like they're they're very 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 kinky yeah so they're i mean i guess you're hitting a bunch of the key things is they're open they communicate their desires they flirt they appreciate <laughs> each other they're hungry for each other they're playful um and for a lot of people in this generation it's a lot of their first memories of like being into kinky stuff or like you said something alternative where you were like i'm not sure what this is but this like weird torture wheel and the fact that there's this other random hand that could like do some kinky stuff <laughs> is like really turning me on and i don't know what that is but like i want that and and it's a comedy i think that's that's the vital thing is adam's family is a family comedy that yeah. everyone went and saw <laughs> together in like families would go and watch this movie about a kinky weird <laughs> alternatively living family and yeah i wonder out. how they made it so accessible I, that's how they did i think with with laughs if if you show the humor in something you humanize it and i think that's one of my biggest problems with like the 50 shades type movies that don't get talked about they're so dry they're so dull so serious for a movie that's supposed to make over half the population wet they're dry as a piece of sandpaper <laughs> They need some humour. There needs to be some some actual self-aware laughs in anything because that's what life has. 
and yeah. uh, and Adam's family is very funny. So like you know he yeah he's hungry and they've got all this like vibe, but they're also laughing. You know, so I think yeah, you need some joy in things. Yeah. So, what role do you think comedy plays in your life? Obviously, you've created this whole persona over the funny dom. So every meme and thing that you post, it all is, you know, obviously there's some serious things and you give a lot of serious advice and things to people, but there's this clear comedy thing. So tell me about how comedy and and humor has showed up in your kinky life. Um, I think um, it's part of just me so i am i am that way um, naturally you're like but... i'm just funny that's how it happens. <laughs> yeah i mean i like i like to laugh i like to make people laugh definitely and i definitely react to things that aren't that way like going online especially on instagram um seeing what lena doing what Asuka sub was doing where she was also using humor and she was very funny and also seeing a lot of males in that space and whether they're you know they're usually unfortunately usually dominance or think they are um and they're again being not funny not only are they not educating or advocating or doing anything positive they're not being funny they're just kind of parading the same generic black and white imagery i i, I am dom you'll do what i was saying it's like i mean you probably have no idea what you're doing or talking about but you're also not attempting to do anything interesting and i thought we need we need a laugh we need something positive so yeah i I started the page around a year ago um and just wanted to like make some memes every few weeks and then through lockdown it became an outlet where i was doing it kind of snapped in i started doing three or four a day it was almost an obsessive thing Um, but then people started liking them, and it, once it started building a, a community, I thought, oh, well, now I want to actually make everybody laugh. And I think it started keying into my my service top kind of identity. I'm a bit of a service daddy, so, like, thinking that I was, like, giving everyone a laugh and caring for people really actually helped me. And for people tuning in for the first time, if you don't know anything about kink or BDSM, um, we're going to use some terminology that maybe you haven't heard of, so I'll try to check in with what that is. But definitely go back and check out some of the older episodes um, with people like Mistress Justine Cross uh, to get more of the basics of, uh, of kink and BDSM. Um, but just as like a, a small summary, um, how do you define a service top? Uh, um, yeah, okay. So like in... In, in BDSM and in DS, which is dominant submissive, you've got that um, those two sides and um, people are either dominants or they're submissives or they're a switch, which can go from either side, encapsulates both. Um, if you are doing more uh, bottoming or topping practices, so the practices of a dom or a sub, you can do those purely for your partner, but that is topping or bottoming. So if I was not a dominant and I was going to do impact, if I was going to spank my partner, um, that would be service topping. That would be doing the practice for them um, and you can be enjoying it because they're enjoying it, but it is a service. Um, And you can enjoy it as a service, but that's not the same as being a dominant and doing it because you need to do that as part of your identity. Mm, So what does being a dom mean to you then? Um, To me... Because I've got um, a, a very large, my um, dominant side is very daddy orientated. So it's very, it's a mixture of kind of discipline and and care. Um, I see discipline as a type of care. So um, for me, it's it is about guidance and wanting people to grow and wanting to be part of that. Um, I also like, I'm a sadist, so I like inflicting pain. Um, but um, I really like, how, I'm sorry, I'm trying not to talk too much about the accent, but I love hearing the accent of sadist as opposed <laughs> to sadist. It's like, sounds, <laughs> it sounds so sad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it is, it's funny uh, speaking to people like, oh, you have, you have an accent. I'm like, you have an accent to me. Like we have an yeah, accent. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, so you're a sadist. <laughs> Yeah, I am, I am a sadist. I'm not. I'm a happy sadist. Um, yeah, gotcha. And uh, and I balance that with with um, equal pleasure and care, and that's what being a a, a daddy dom is for me. 
Yeah, so I think you may have talked about this before in, in some of your work, but what do you feel like is some of the differences between just like toxic masculinity or like people being like, I'm a dom versus uh, being a real dom? <laughs> yes, there is a huge problem, especially online. Um, I think a lot of it's hard to not gender it, but it is a gendered issue. Yeah. It's, it is largely male. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of males and it, the, their age can be all over. Age is not an issue. Um, ignorance is not just a, uh, a playground for the young. Um, there is a lot of male energy that is not actually uh, dominant. It is just abusive. And uh, even if they actually may have a dominant side of themselves, they haven't partnered that with any self-awareness or any responsibility or any... Um, education. Any education, any motivation motivation to get education because um, it's okay to, like, not know everything. But if you know that you don't know everything, that's, that's very important. Right. Um, and they interpret being a dominant as not needing any responsibility, not needing to know anything more simply just being having control and having power and and being a dominant is not having power it's being worthy of being given power from the submissive so a dominant is like a that. very strong worked on vessel that is I, I empty intentionally and it's filled and given the the power from the submissive yeah. I guess if we're using like the daddy terminology and talking about like real fathers and parents, it's the difference between being like a sperm donor um, who's not present in your child's life versus being a father, a parent. Sure. If the, if the donor's walking around calling themselves dad of the year, because mm -hmm. that's the real problem is that yeah. they're, they're online saying I am this and like acting like they're, they're proud and telling uh, you know, people who identify as submissive trying to trying to assume a dynamic and tell them what to do. And if a if a submissive uh, person is also uneducated and is just exploring, and they meet someone who says, oh, "I'm a dominant, so you'll do this," unfortunately, sometimes they'll go, "Oh, well, maybe I do have to do that, or maybe I do have to communicate with this person as they are telling me to," and and that's a real problem. So I try to make content that is um, funny and entertaining but also is like teaching people what to expect what to um, require of each other communication wise and principle wise mm -hmm. and I've I, it really makes my day when I hear from a, a submissive follower that they you know sent a meme that might be kind of you know um, uh, putting down you know fake doms or mm -hmm. bad behavior and they'll send it to someone who communicates with them as like this is what you are. Like they're using mm -hmm. it as ammunition. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> so any any tips for things to look out for, for the abusive, abusive doms? Or I wouldn't even call them doms. The people who are abusive um, versus a dom that you might want to play with? <laughs> yeah, the most basic thing. Um, those, a real, a person who is um, potentially a real dominant um, will say hello to you. A uh, person who isn't largely won't. It's amazing how often they will simply just not say hello. They will immediately send, you know, the equivalent of just sending a dick pic, you know, on mm. like a dating app. They'll just immediately call like you. Like dive right into dominant behavior or something? Yeah, what they think is dominant behavior because that's the thing. Dominant behavior is respect. Um, they'll immediately show disrespect and they, they'll immediately objectify yeah. Whereas a real so dominant, just more misogyny, <laughs> yeah, which is what they actually are. That's the thing. Mm. Um, a real dominant will actually probably just speak to you very normally because uh, we're people, and we'll just say hello and how you going, and then we can talk about um, the most filthy, perverted, glorious, you know, uh, details and preferences and and. Anecdote. We can, we can do all that, but it's also going to be in a in a conversation that's quite human and respectful. Mm -hmm. And yeah. if we want to get into dynamic language, then that can happen, but it'll happen after a conversation about that. Yeah. 
And sort of in that same vein, obviously, you you say you're more drawn to the the daddy uh, approach to things. You you are a daddy. You call yourself a daddy. What do you think it takes to be a good daddy? Um, I think it takes the awareness of the responsibility that you are a caregiver, um, whether you're a um, sadist or or, or, <laughs> or not, uh, whatever your your type of, of of doming is if you're being a daddy is about care and um the need to see your um your submissive grow and be and be well which should be part of every dominant but i think it's very very strong for the more kind of daddy mummy roles of dominance it's really about raising their submissive up okay yeah so supporting growth and and sharing in that together and something you mentioned earlier too is like setting uh setting boundaries which can sometimes include uh punishment or as i think i've heard you say punishment um, <laughs> yeah. so what are some examples of like protocols that you have with your submissives or baby girls and what happens if they don't do them um yes yeah, so the, the um Punishment, punishment, kind of thing is um, apart from sounding funny. It's a, it's a good kind of delineate, delineation because punishment uh, is more. It's less serious. It's um, you know maybe you've been bratting a little bit, misbehaving, or being cheeky. And punishment is like a thing that you'll both enjoy, like maybe some light impact. Yeah, like oh, I'm gonna spank you, and you're like, great, I love spanking. <laughs> exactly, and that's why it will be a punishment, and and it can be uh, quite intense. You know, you can be punished depending on your preferences. A punishment can still be uh, involve quite severe pain, but um, as long as that's within the kind of preferences and limits of of both partners, that's okay. But it's not punishment. Punishment is you have done something that we have agreed you will not do and now the consequence is a a practice that i will enjoy as a as a sadist but um you will actually regret mm -hmm. so even if you're a masochist you will get pleasure from it but it will be painful or uncomfortable enough that it will it will underline that you should not do that and that's kind of a difference yeah. between that and punishment well, I think that the interesting thing, a lot of people who maybe haven't done kink or BDSM think that a punishment is just pain stuff or like you will be hit. And maybe for some people that is the thing. But for example, for me, if I am a masochist and I like that stuff, that might be more of a punishment for me versus a punishment would be you put me in the corner and don't talk to me at all and I don't get to have the time that I wanted that's a fucking punishment, right? So <laughs> yeah. like you said, it's the thing that you know what the other person doesn't like and they've sort of agreed that this is what happens when you don't do this thing. Kind of like if you're, I don't know, supposed to do homework for a class, what happens is you don't pass the class and it doesn't feel good. So it's a consequence. Yes, it is. And, and, the, and you customize these things with having experience and knowing your partner. And I mean, I'll, I'll And agreeing your... to it with your partner, right? Of You're not just course. like, da, 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 this is your punishment. I'm going to punch you in the face. So we've never talked about it. No, no, all, all, all the practices and all punishments have to be consented to and talked about. Um, I'll blow your mind and weaponize any um, newer doms out there. A good one with a masochist is and I, I can't wait to explain this to see your eyes go wide. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna put my I'm gonna I'm gonna not have a reaction just so I can be a sadist here. Okay, well I would I would say to you that um, we're gonna start the week with fifty strikes, and every time you misbehave, I'm gonna take ten away. That way you get no no impact, no spanking. So your punishment is no impact, um, and so once you've misbehaved enough you would get no attention like that, no actual uh, impact play. So sometimes the punishment can be a lack of what you would think of as punishment. Mm. See, did my eyes go wide? No, you did, you did a lot of <laughs> nodding. You did a lot of nodding and conscious I put my practicing. therapist hat on, um, but I like that one. I think, like you said, it's this agreement of, I know this is what you like, and you've agreed to, this is what's going to happen, and, and I'm going to take that away. 
So yeah. what would be something worthy of, uh, in, and, and this is different for every partnership, of course, for listeners out there, but in your setups, what would be something worthy of that kind of um, consequence? Um, well, my, um, my own partner has uh, this week um, been a bit naughty and she has uh, um, eaten uh, some, like certain kind of foods can make her feel a little sick um and and cause her discomfort um eggs being one of those and so she's supposed to limit uh what she uh, has in her diet that will actually you know make her feel unwell and she did not do that a few days ago and had scrambled eggs and so um her punishment for the foreseeable future is to only have one coffee a day she's a coffee addict so that's gonna be very difficult for her mm. um and that's a big one. She has a, a, a kind of series of rules that she has to follow uh, and uh, she has to report to me on her behaviour on those rules each week. Um, her punishments are kind of varied. Um, I do have um, separated the cane as a punishment now because that's um, we've found that that's a very kind of painful impact tool for her. So she, she likes my belt and she likes the flogger and uh, she has her own flogger now that she likes. Um, but the cane is, is very serious. So when she's been good, she might get the flogger and she'd be very happy. But five or ten strikes with a cane means that she's, you know, actually broken some rules. Discount time. Holiday season is upon us, so treat yourself or a loved one to some pleasure. Check out my favorite pleasure tools by Satisfier. Satisfier is offering lucky listeners 30% off any Satisfier device when you go to Satisfier.com and enter code SNS30 at checkout. One of my rituals is self-pleasure. Sometimes my intention in using my satisfier is just for pleasure and fun, kind of an escape from reality, and sometimes it's to help me feel better about my body. Sometimes it's an extra tool to use with a partner. The options are endless. Satisfier makes beautiful vibrators and air pulse stimulators with cutting-edge technology at pretty affordable prices, especially with that discount. Satisfier also has Bluetooth abilities, so you can connect your device and even share it with a partner. In these crazy times, distance often disconnects people, but Satisfier's app lets you control each other's pleasure, privately message, and see each other's responses in real time. You can connect with someone in another room or around the world. Right now, I'm really liking the dual pleasure device, but seriously, each new device that comes out is even better experience for me. So I hope that you get lots of them. Satisfier is offering lucky listeners, again, 30% off any Satisfier when you go to Satisfier.com and enter code SANDS30 at checkout. Again, if you're looking for one of my favorite new devices, go to satisfyer.com and use code SNS30 for 30% off. And remember, I'm not your doctor or your therapist, so always seek out medical advice from a trusted pro, but I do love our other sponsor and use them myself, Everly Well. Everly Well is a consumer-initiated at-home lab testing company that connects people with accessible, innovative, and insightful at-home lab results. For listeners of the show, Everly Well is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash SNS. Everly Well offers over 30 plus at-home lab tests so you can get your results your body can count on to take action on your own health and wellness wherever you are. Choose from tests including food sensitivity, metabolism, sleep and stress, thyroid, STIs, and more. So as you probably know, I think part of being a slut and a scholar is being informed about my sexual health and wellness. For me, that means knowing my STI status so I can take care of myself and communicate clearly my safer sex practices to partners, as well as ask them about theirs. The STI test from EverlyWell discreetly allows you to test for seven types of STIs, all from the privacy of your own home. So whether you don't want to go to a doctor, don't have one, have accessibility needs, whatever, EverlyWell provides an accessible at-home STI, sexually transmitted infection, testing kit. Here's how it works. Everlywell ships your test straight to your door with everything needed for a simple sample collection. Then you return the test to a CLIA certified lab with a prepaid shipping label. 
Then your physician reviewed results and insights are sent to your device in just days. So I got the box. First, I logged in online and answered a few short questions about myself. Then the screen gave me directions and even a video of how to do the tests. Uh, the videos are pretty easy to watch. They show you how to prick your finger and do a swab. Uh, I just did mine a few weeks ago. And for listeners of the show, again, Everlywell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash S&S. That's everlywell.com slash S&S for 20% off your at-home lab test. Everlywell.com slash S&S. Now back to the episode. I think I've said this on an episode before, but the more I like keep reminding myself of it, I really need to get a or engage a dom in my life for my PhD dissertation. No, seriously. Like I, uh, I love this because I think a lot of people think that kink and BDSM is about like pain and punishment and stuff, but like you're supporting someone and doing something that makes them feel better that they need to do. And if you know that you're someone that works well with an accountability buddy or an accountability partner, you may benefit from, having a daddy or a 100%, mommy. hundred percent. It is an accountability. Like it only works if it's something that you want to do. Like the whole uh, bedtime thing is a very kind of natural thing. Like if I hear that a, a, a partner is up till 2 or 3 a.m., that makes my shoulders kind of start flexing. I don't, I don't like it. But if I know that that's not causing any harm, like if, you're, if your time schedule means that you can sleep in and you're still getting, you know, six to eight hours and it doesn't have any negative effect on you, then okay. But if you've got to get up early and you're going to bed late and then you don't feel well the next day and you're tired, well, I'm going to want to impose a bedtime for you. Yeah. How does that fit in then? Let's say you think something should be done a certain way, but your sub is like, but that's not negatively affecting me. Um, but you're like, daddy, like, are you like, daddy knows best? Or are you like, let's have a conversation? Like, how do you deal with that? Uh, always have a conversation. Always Good have answer. a conversation. Um, I will say daddy knows best after the conversation. Um, that's only a response to already having an understanding and then mm -hmm. getting pushed back and actually being confident that I do know better. Mm -hmm. um, but you can't just arbitrarily impose a rule because it makes sense to you. It actually has to make sense to the person's own health and life. Yeah, kind of like most... in being a parent instead of just saying, like, because I said so. Yeah, exactly. You can't, it can't really be because you said so. Like, you can say that as it's fun to use things. Like, I like to say things like that and even, like, you know, um, like we were talking about shushing, um, like my partner likes to be shushed <laughs> because it's very dynamic. Um, but I'm only doing that when either it's purely for a playful reason or, or actually she is actually very excited and I'm trying to communicate with her and I'm saying shush as in quiet for a moment, I have something to say. Daddy's talking. Exactly, that is talking. And she hears that, that mix, that it is caring. It is not telling her to not speak. It's telling her to, like, take a breath Yeah. because I'm not finished speaking. Mm -hmm. And she hears that that is stern, but it's also care. Yeah. And it's very but, dynamic. But if you meet someone that you've never had that conversation with and a man comes up to you and puts his <laughs> finger in your mouth and shushes you, he's going to get fucking punched in the face from me. Uh, absolutely. But, By me, me too. Yeah. yeah that's, but that's if it's fault. this kind of situation, like, that's something we can get on board with. 100%. It's, it's in the context is everything. Yeah. Um, and communication and consent uh, and trust are what all these things are built on. And if you're a dominant or a submissive and you don't want to do ample communication and build trust, then guess what? Get out. You're not, you're not here. You're not part of this and you shouldn't be. So mm -hmm. um, you need to grow and, and do better, which is a thing I, I, I do like um, kind of sign off a lot of things and tell doms when they contact me, do, just do better. Yeah. Raise the bar. And uh, you used the word before that I didn't address because I didn't want to interrupt, but you said um, my owned partner. Um, so tell me a little bit, tell our listeners a little bit about what it is to own a submissive um, and what a 24-7 ownership of another person looks like. 
<laughs> right. Um, well, a lot of these terms, there are a lot of terms and conventions that are used and have common understandings. So you can learn what they are and, and have a broad understanding, but they're also tailored in every relationship. So a lot of the time you can't make huge assumptions, just very broad ones. But typically owned means that the the two people in that relationship have a kind of committed DS relationship um, that that usually has had a little bit of time behind it. You, you, you're not going to meet someone and then a day later own them. That would be a huge red flag. Yeah, um, that would be uh, slavery, but not in a BDSM way. <laughs> yeah, it would be it would be very problematic because you've got to do a lot of communication and have trust built to have a kind of committed relationship of any kind. Um, so. Um, yeah, so 24-7 means that it's a relationship where the dynamic is constantly present. So we don't live together, but if, uh, if she is in one place and I'm in another place, she's still mine, she's still my submissive, so I could message her with a instruction or with a check-in that is very dynamic at any time through the week because it is 24-7, whereas some relationships, you know, perhaps they're quite vanilla-looking, quite regular, like ordinary-looking until they're in the bedroom or they decide to have a, a kinky session, you know, and that's what works for some people. For me, my identity as a, as a, as a daddy and as a dominant is 24-7. It is me. It's always there. Uh, it might be underneath, it might be secondary to what I'm doing, but it's always there. So ideally, a 24-7 relationship is my kind of natural state. And, um, yeah, my own partner ownership is um, basically a kind of a level of commitment and also stating that uh, the submissive is on a level the property of, of the dominant, um, which is, again, a mixture of um, care and kind of, you know, yeah, ownership. And for folks listening for the first time, again, go back to some of those older episodes about some of the basics. But I know that this topic can be triggering for some because sometimes there are uses of the words that can bring up uh, trauma or racial things or just inherited family trauma around slave ownership, property, uh, things like that. So, um, has that ever come up with a partner of yours and, and how do you navigate some of the, the heaviness attached to these monikers? Yeah, there are, there are social and kind of historical baggage on a lot of terms. And I think, um, things need to be simply talked about, not necessarily avoided or changed, but made to be aware of. Um, there are common, um, events in a lot of kink scenes that I'm a little bit uncomfortable with. Like I am, I have heard of even here. Uh, I'm sure I think they happen in any larger scene, but there is a thing where they'll have a slave auction in kink, where she, which is usually like a very well-meaning charity fundraising thing where submissives who identify as slave types, which is a type of submissive, you know, will be lined up and people will bid on them. And to me, that's, very distasteful. I'm actually very uncomfortable at that myself, um, but I understand the context of it. But I also I am uncomfortable with it, so I don't I don't like that. A lot of people don't see it as a problem, but I think I think in a lot of uh, colonial uh, cultures, I think it's something that should be a bit more aware of how that could make somebody feel. Um, in terms of ownership and property. I I don't see any. And if anyone hears the sound in the background, I'm uh, at my therapy office, which if you listen to the podcast, you'll know is at a ranch, and so there's a bunch of chickens outside. So oh, if, you, chicken. if you hear the sounds, uh, there's goats and chickens and pigs. So uh, yeah, very very sexy setting <laughs> for this conversation. Wow, I did not hear. I did not hear. I was worried. Well, I'm, I'm a little bit under a um, flight path. So you might get a plane or or a chicken. Yeah, this is just this is just the world we live in now. So you're like in people's homes and spaces through the like audio interruptions in yeah, our virtual just, world now. It's just atmosphere. We're just sharing our yeah. atmos. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, back to slave auctions. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. So there, there are levels of it culturally, event-wise, that I think are uncomfortable. In in interpersonal relationships, I think as long as it's consensual, I don't have a problem with it. So you can call yourself master and you can have a slave if that's the relationship you have with another person and it's aware and it's socially aware and you've talked about it and you're comfortable with it and it's consensual, then I think it's okay. Um I think it's a little bit different when there's public events. If you want to do a public event and use that language and somehow not even acknowledge that it might have baggage or an association, I think that's a little ignorant. Um, But, you know, some people disagree. As long as we talk about it, I think that's what matters. And so what are some of the things to consider with this um, ownership piece, like the, the mine aspect of the relationship? Um, how do you even start that or go about that or navigate that? With conversations, um, it's, uh, for us, it started happening quite naturally. Um, and then we talked about that it felt like that kind of relationship. It felt like a kind of owned owner relationship, which doesn't mean that the person has no autonomy it's really more about a kind of status or a value or a responsibility so if she if my partner wants to see another um another another kinky partner or wants to um participate in some in some play at like an event then she would be expected to talk to me about it i would probably help her vet that behavior, like I would probably be a part of it, whether it's to kind of supervise or basically be responsible for it because she's mine and that is a responsibility. So it's not about control or anything negative or anything that minimizes the other person's value. It's about almost lifting that value and and working around it and for it. Yeah, I was going to say, what is the line between abusive control of someone and dictating their stuff versus agreed to ownership i think well i think largely it's just consent um you know and that is nuanced and and can make people go whoa that sounds so controlling yeah but some people that is what they want and as long as it's very negotiated that's how some dynamics can work it is Again, it's built on trust. So if you're, if the person's best interests are yours, then, you know, and it's agreed to, then it is not abuse. That is, that is the difference. Why do you think some folks really like um, having that dynamic um, as the submissive, like having that control, feeling ownership from somebody? Like what have you seen it do or how has it helped some of the partners that you know and, and what they need and what they like? Um, I think it's part of our identity so i think largely it helps i mean the practices that can be very cathartic and very empowering uh, actually in my experience with the many partners i've had i almost all have seen them become stronger and more themselves um, than they were before and that that is the objective that is that is the goal and that is what satisfies me to see of being um, a good parent like getting to the to them to a place where they can like leave the nest (laughs) exactly it is exactly like that and i have had relationships that have been purely for that to instruct someone and get someone basically to progress to the next level and then and then they call it and 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 say like i think i'm ready to to move forward or to try this new thing and it's like a a moment of pride to to see them kind of do that do you ever get like empty nest syndrome though where you're like no you i don't want you to leave me you need me (laughs) <laughs> well, no, that would be toxic. That would be unhealthy. Well, not saying um, you do that, but, you know, I can, like, like parents, you know, sometimes they have trouble when their their children leave for college or they're like, who am I now? Um, I think that's unhealthy. I think a lot of parents are unhealthy because they've, <laughs> they've entangled themselves and lost their identity into their children. And that's why <laughs> that, that kind of thing happens. I think that if and you... And using them for validation. And, and identity. If you lose your own identity because, it, because it's going to another, then it's, it's kind of codependence and that's, and that's unhealthy. So, no, you can be sad. I can be sad. I'm, I'm going through that now. I've just had a, a partner kind of step out of a dynamic uh, a week or two ago. Yeah. Um, but and, that's like any relationship. It's, it's grief. It's the loss of what it once was or maybe the changing of things. Exactly. And, and it's, um, 
it's good to have those feelings. They're, they're, they're not a negative, they're a positive because it means there was meaning there and it means that the if the other person has grown and is happy and is, is in a good place, then that's very gratifying. And that actually kind of, again, um, kind of gives my, my service um, kind of identity a, a big breath of air and kind of brings my shoulders up. So it kind of that balances out the kind of the kind of selfish like ah oh, I want is very much overwhelmed by the the service side and the and this the kind of comfort that that she's in a good place that she is well that's really what's most important. Yeah. And one a couple more questions uh, before we start to wrap up. So even as we're doing this, I can't see you. And so there are a lot of people out there who are already following you, already fans, and you've given them some fan art of yourself, but the people want to know who you are. But you've <laughs> kind of maintained this boundary of uh, pseudo-anonymity. What's that about? It's a couple of things. Again, I'm inspired by Lena Dune, who is at Ask a Sub, if you don't already follow her on Instagram and, and, and Twitter and she has her own podcast now, then do so. She is doing the same thing where she has remained anonymous, just uses her, her voice and her content, and that's, uh, I think, a big thing. And I think it's a good, healthy thing. And also taking notes from a, uh Irish podcaster and comedian called Blind Boy who has one of the best podcasts in the world right now where... His persona is he has a bag on his head. He has a plastic bag on his head. We don't see his face. It's not about his exact visage. It's about his his voice and his ideas and his content and his opinions. And I think there's something in that. So it's kind of a mixture of health for me to have one step removed from this kind of presence that can be very giving but also very overwhelming if there's yeah. not if there's not one degree of separation with it and also i think being a little bit anonymous allows people more room for themselves you know for it to be about what i'm doing and what they're hearing and what they're going through and less about just me yeah, you basically, know. like, there's more room to project things onto you, which can be good and bad, I feel like, like, positive in the sense that it's, like you said, about people and what they think of as a dom and who they imagine you to be and, and what a dom means to them. But on the downside, sometimes you have to hold a lot of, or you don't have to hold it, but people will put a lot of things onto you. That's true. Well, that's, that's fine. They can do that. And then it's, it's my responsibility anyway to have to not boundaries. Yeah, yeah, and to manage that. And that's again part of being a dominant and a, and a daddy is to is to manage those things and take on what you can and what what you should um and that's showing care for me and for them so yeah, yeah it's it's a very intentional thing the um the artwork that i have as my profile as my public image is um from an excellent artist um who has illustrated from a photo so i mean it is that is me. If you walk past me in the street, you would very easily, I think, be able to probably recognize me. So it is my likeness, but to actually show more than that, I, I think is um, that's the kind of degree that I'd like to keep. Does any of it have to do with uh, kink shaming or slut shaming? Um, obviously, at the point of this podcast is, you know, rooted in uh, combating some of that. Does any of it have to do with like... Um, you know, protecting vanilla jobs because out there, there's a lot of folks who think that there's stuff wrong with people who are into kink and BDSM. So is any of it um, rooted in that for you? Um, no, not really. I, I have publicly um, spoken about kink before and I have several friends and even some family that I'm kind of out to about this. So it's not really about keeping about hiding anything it's more about just keeping a healthy boundary online in case you know i mean already the bigger the audience gets the more it seems like a healthy thing to do basically yeah man i wish more people did that i feel like social media is really affecting everyone's mental health myself included um and it's it's so hard to to keep that boundary and have it not feel like reality sometimes so i think i think there's something to what you're saying definitely yeah, I think it. I think it helps. I think it helps. It helps for me, uh, especially with this kind of thing, because kink is very and DS is very intense. So, having a relationship with 
um, anyone that has some dynamic to it is very intimate. So even having someone ask my advice um, and, you know, if, if they're in a, that's a kind of a power dynamic, you know, if they're asking me advice and I'm a dominant, if they're, whether they're a submissive or not, there's a dynamic there on top of that. So having a kind of fundamental degree of separation um, is, is helpful to remind us both that there is a boundary, yeah. um, that this is not the same as a, as a personal physical relationship like I have with my partners. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, yeah, I think that's a healthy, a very healthy thing. Well, sir, it has been lovely having you on the podcast. Um, how can folks follow what you're doing, uh, stay up to date on your memes and all the content and education and Patreon, all of that? Uh, yeah, shout out how people can find you. Yeah, just yeah, just jump on, um, really just on uh, Instagram, just jump on uh, at the funny dom on Instagram and have a look at uh, funny memes. I just I just did one that's a Sweeney Todd, um, Helena Bonham Carter, Johnny Depp. Um, meme that's just about the the um, relationship between a a kind of cranky non-social dom and how proud and sweet a submissive can be to be out together and people are kind of uh, really 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 liking that one. I, I love when the wholesome ones that are really just about the relationship dynamic uh, get really really popular. You know they're not all you know racy kind of titillating ones, although sometimes they can be as well. Um, the relationship yeah, but people dynamic. are resonating. Yeah, yeah, I really like the relationship dynamic stuff because I think we're missing we're missing like a lot of uh, rom com type content that just kinky rom com exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, there needs to be a rom com with like just the kink element, not even as the main thing, but just as a part of it. Yeah, yeah, we're still getting there. Anytime it's into something, it's still. Ooh, it's all about that because that's weird. That's the other. It's like yeah. it's not weird. We're like forty-four percent of the population, or something. Like it's it's more normal to be different. You know, the, the norm is not the norm. So yeah. um, that's usually what people really like. Is I like to take an image from like you know like a Notting Hill scene, mm-hmm. but <laughs> use that image to show like oh you know she's she's a dom and she's just um, just beating his ass all night and is now putting me in bed and caring for him mm-hmm. um and, and yeah like, just oh, the day-to-day the day-to-day that's, yeah that's the movie i want that's what we need yeah well thank you so much again listeners if you want to follow what i'm doing i'm on instagram at sluts and scholars but it's not always reliable because the instagram doesn't like a lot of us um so make sure you rate and review and follow wherever you get your podcast to stay up to date in case that ever falters uh on twitter at slut scholars uh and thanks for tuning in talk to you next time Thank you.